a listener production. Hi, and welcome back to Broadsheet Melbourne, Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's editorial director, Katja Vaktel, and the host of this Guide to Melbourne. Broadsheet shopping editor, Alice Jeffrey, is here to chat about three Australian fashion labels to watch, including a Melbourne designer who recently showed at Paris Fashion Week. But we're starting today with a new pie shop from an heir to a pie dynasty. Yes, a pie dynasty. Pat Cremean's pie shop, which is called Pie and Son, has had queues out the door since it opened, and Pat joins us in the studio. Pat, what's the difference between a good pie and a great pie? I think a good pie is, it's tasty, it's delicious, mm. but it's not memorable. A, a great pie, you know, you, you're thinking about it for days and weeks after, and you, you just can't wait to, to have another one, so... And yeah, I think that's what what differentiates a good and a great pie. So if as someone who's made them for a long time and will get to your, um, I guess you're part of a pie dynasty, for be- lack of a better word, but is that about the pastry? Is that the filling? Is that about how long you cook the thing? Because there's a lot of, you know, there would be people who would go every day for a four and 20, which probably doesn't have the same amount of um, care or ingredient levels as, as the kind of pies you're making and that your family made. So of those things, what to you is so important to get absolutely right or do you, you've got to get the trifecta? Well, I think, yeah, it, it's everything. It's it's having firstly a great filling to go in the pie and using great ingredients to to use that and proper cooking techniques to, to develop the flavour, but also rolling out and sheeting great pastry and, um, and getting a really good bake on the product. So as I said, you were born into this pie dynasty. Your father is Terry Cremean, who was the founder of Bowcastle Pies, which is synonymous in Victoria. We, I mean, I think people, when they think of names of pies in Victoria, it's 4 and 20, which I guess has an Australian kind of reputation, and Bowcastle. And I remember um, I returned from overseas um, after living uh, abroad for a long time and a friend was kind of putting together a party and she was like, oh, God, we've, okay, we, ha- we don't have any pies, like we've got to go and grab these Bowcastle pies. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, we're kind of late. Why don't we just, why don't we just get whatever we can? She's like, no, they must be the Bowcastle party pies. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny. It's only really now that I, I reflect, like I look back at what the business was at Bowcastle and um, it just had an enormous following. Like families grew up on the pies and, um, you know, now that we're sort of doing a similar a similar thing, we've had people travel from all over Victoria to come and get what you know they're, they're our family recipes, and people loved them. And they that when they couldn't get them, um, you know, they were shattered. Yeah. So your father sold the business in 2018. You you weren't planning on going into the pie business. No. Well, I was I was working there, um, and I went overseas to South America for six months. And when I came back, Dad told me that he'd sold the business to to Paddy's, which was a bit of a shock to the system because I, I always sort of thought that I would be, you know, involved in the business in one way or, or another. So yeah, I sort of had to rethink what I wanted to do with my life, and I I was a, a bit lost. I I didn't really um, know what I wanted, and I took a job as a financial advisor, and I couldn't have hated it anymore. It was it was a, a terrible terrible time, but. Um, COVID, I was made redundant, which was, um, you know, a real blessing for me and gave me the opportunity to really think about what I, what I wanted to do and wasn't really, didn't really think pies. I knew that I loved food and I wanted a career in food, but um, 
We did a small batch of pies made out of my parents' kitchen. Yeah, we, we could only bake 14 pies at a time in there and we were selling them to um, friends to raise money for charity and we were literally just dropping pies on people's doorsteps. This is during COVID? During COVID, yeah. It was around the time of the AFL Grand Final, so everyone was sort of thinking pies and the response was just nuts. Like, people just couldn't couldn't get enough of them. Mm. So I guess that's where the, the idea for Pime and Son came from and... Yeah, since since that sort of light bulb moment, we um, went about planning a business and finding place to, to make our product. So tell us about your shop, where it is, what it's like, and what people can expect when they get there. Yeah, so we are um, in Heidelberg Heights at the top of the hill in the old Arnold Swiss Cake Shop. What a location. It's, it's a random location because we're on a little slip lane. Like when I first um, signed the lease, I, I had absolutely no idea what to expect. Um, but I knew that Arnold's was a, a famous uh, shop and we used to buy their products as I was growing up for birthday parties and all that sort of stuff. And there's, there's not a huge amount in the area in terms of like eateries and mm. um, places to certainly pies. Uh, we've got... Displays full of uh, all of our pies. Uh, we've got freezers full of party pies, family pies. Um, we also make a number of ready-made meals, so lasagnas and meatballs and all of our condiments. So we make our own tomato sauce, a chili jam and a, a, a Napoli. And so we've got enough seats for 18 inside and 12 outside. So, I mean, it's small and it's intimate. So um, we make a real effort with our customers to, you know, have a chat with them and um, see how they're enjoying their food. And um, everyone just loves it. The, it's got a great feel to it. And, um, you know, no one's ever complained. Everyone's just absolutely loving all the stuff. So you're there at five in the morning baking meat. How many pies are you making a day? Uh, it, I mean, it varies. Um, I would say... We could do five or six hundred a day. Is this recipe the same as? I'm assuming it's not quite the same no, as Bos Castles. No, I mean some of the the like the flavors are similar. Yeah. Um, but given that we're cooking things on such a smaller scale, we've been able to fine tune the recipes, and um, the product is actually a lot better because it's all everything's made by hand, and um, yeah, they just they just taste amazing. And you've been using. Uh, ingredients as well that come from small farms. Yeah, so for example, your vegetarian pie uses ingredients from a farm in Kyneton. Yeah. So one of uh, the ladies who works with us, Jan, she lives in, lives in Kyneton on a small farm where she grows uh, all sorts of stuff. So the silver bee that goes into the greens pie, a lot of the garlic, the onion, um, all the herbs. How good. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's like a spanakopita style yes, taste. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, you've got, you know, what are the other flavours you've got? You've got classics. Yeah, so we've got, we got a few of the, the old classics. So uh, the beef and burgundy, the Thai chicken, which was an icon um, at Boz Castle. That was, th- they were the party pies that oh, my friend were, and I picked were, up all those years they were, ago. They were iconic. Um, yeah, the Moroccan lamb, as well as a few of our new ones. So one which is just absolutely flying at the moment is the beef ragout, which is big chunks of beef cooked with celery, carrots, rosemary thyme, lots of lemon zest and fresh parsley. And it's just, it's so comforting. It's just, um, it's just delicious. That was intended to be a special, correct? And yes. you couldn't take it off the menu? We couldn't take it off. Like it was, it was outselling everything sort of three to one. So it's, it's definitely, uh, definitely staying on the menu. Now you've also got sausage rolls, cakes, all those things. Uh, you've got vanilla slice. Yep. 
I love a vanilla slice. Is this a vanilla slice with icing on it or icing sugar? Icing sugar. Okay. Is Was that, there a debate about that? Is that, that? okay? I'm one of those people who loves the icing, but I see a big chunk of vanilla slice anywhere and I'll I'll, I'll probably grab it no matter what's on yep. top. Um, now, you can also grab a dozen party pies right from the freezer. Yep. This is the kind of place that you've got seats, but everyone can turn up and just grab something and go home. That's it. That's it. So like the grab and go stuff, so all the freezer stuff, if you're having a party like... We have people come in and buy, you know, 20 boxes of party pies, which is, you know, that it's great because it gives a, uh, a lot of people the opportunity to try the pies as well. So is there a chance that we'll be able to see these pies in, you know, supermarkets soon? Or is that is that the plan or is it kind of like, no, nah, we'll, we'll, we'll see where we go? We'll see where we go. Yeah, we want to we want to sort of walk before we run. So we want to nail the Heidelberg shop first and then um, look, the opportunity is enormous yeah. for us. Much bigger than what we had anticipated. Yeah, you surprised by the response? The response has been incredible. Um, I just you've got lines outside, right? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, people just love pies, and the, the best thing about pies is that it's you know it doesn't matter if you're five years old or ninety five years old. Like people people love pies. Yeah, and there and there's kind of no place or event they're not welcome. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we have people eating a Moroccan lamb at 7.30 in the morning. Like it's, it's just crazy and people love them. Outside of your own and outside of your father's, where's the best pie you've ever had? The best pie I've ever had was, I can remember it. It was outside of Boscastle and all of ours, of course. We'd been up at Mount Hotham skiing and there's a beautiful, great pie shop in Bright called Gumtree. I had two. I had a Thai chicken and a um, just a beef, I think a yeah, beef and burgundy or something like that. I'm a bit like you. I have to have both. Yeah. One one is not sufficient. Must have both. Must have both. Ideally have someone to share it with, but if not, that's fine. Yeah. One for later. Pyman's Sun is at 42 Bell Street in Heidelberg Heights. It's open from Monday till Friday, 7.30am until 5pm and Saturday, 9am until 2pm. Thanks, Pat. Now our shopping editor, Alice Jeffrey, joins Features Editor Emma Joyce to talk about those three Australian fashion labels to watch. We've challenged shopping editor Alice Jeffrey, who gets hundreds of emails about new product launches and fashion labels to watch, to pin down three homegrown brands that we should all have on our radar. Can we start with one Sydney designer, Alex Higgins, who was named the Emerging Designer of the year at the Australian Fashion Laureate Ceremony in Sydney this month. I think that what everyone loves about Alex Higgins is that he kind of has taken this Y2K that's sort of trending in a way, but like the nostalgia of living our lives online, mm-hmm. but like pre-Instagram living our yeah, lives online. Yeah, it's MySpace, it's, it's Tumblr. It's MySpace, it's Tumblr. It's, it's kind of that yeah, I don't know, maybe it's just a millennial thing that it feels very nostalgic, but I think it's also hitting at a time where Gen Z are really loving sort of this late 90s, early 90s renaissance in style. And um, yeah, he's kind of just doing some interesting things that you aren't necessarily seeing everywhere. Sort of slogans and logo pieces, but not with his brand name. I think we've like, we've seen Logo Mania from, you know, all of the big names in fashion over the last 10 years. And this is more like, Kind of tongue-in-cheek little... Um, Snippets, little words, things yeah. like baby. Yeah, exactly. I've heard that the pieces have sort of hidden messages almost in them, that they have these little logos on the outside, but there's also within the fabric, whether it's on the inside or on a tag, there's something that's kind of just for the wearer and it's like a little extra message. And I think it's that real personal touch coming back to fashion that like 
it's not like there's tens of thousands of these products sitting in a warehouse somewhere being sold for dead cheap. There's craft in there, but it's also that thinking that makes them special. It's a genderless collection as well. I think that's a really important one to mention. And I loved this description that's on a broadsheet story. It says, the digital print treatment across the surface of his fabrics give the impression the clothes are traveling at warp speed. Yeah, it definitely has that kind of like digital world, are you inside a game kind of almost vibe to the pieces. I could tell you didn't want to say Matrix. (laughs) There is something about it that has that kind of, as you mentioned, the Y2K nostalgia. But in a fun, it's, it's very fun. There are items that look like they're slightly ripped or torn. There are things that, um, there are tank tops that look like they've kind of been partially stained, but with a crocodile pattern across it. They're cool, but they still feel accessible and like you can wear them and, you know, bring them into your wardrobe. And, um, I think sometimes at least fashion can feel almost a bit too cool when it's on the runway for someone to really translate into their everyday wardrobe. But, um, the silhouettes are still Like there's polo shirt, there's t-shirts, there's, I think, hoodies in the collection depending on the season. And the treatment is very fun and interesting, but they are still core pieces in a way to be um, worn day in and day out. They're very, very playful. And so the website, if you want to check it out, is alexhiggins.com and it's Alex with an I. Pantalon is another Sydney label by Lara Bunnell. You interviewed Lara recently. What does she say about her personal style and why she's using that to create clothing for her brand? Yeah, I think for Lara, um, her design approach is very much about having these pieces that are exactly the way she would want them and the gaps. I think that's like, you know, kind of a stock standard line from designers. It's I saw a gap in my wardrobe and I wanted to fill it. But I think that Lara is super passionate about the way things fit in particular and the details of garments that then mean, um, so her her core kind of and key style is a pair of pants and that's kind of where the name of the label comes from and when I interviewed her she was very quick to sort of say that for her it's about having an invisible zip at the back so that you have a really seamless silhouette at the front you don't have wide leg pants with pleats have really been trending but they can feel a little bit clunky sometimes depending on the silhouette you want so I think her pieces are very much minimalist but that doesn't mean they're boring she sort of has some in a metallic colorway at the moment for the end of year party wear type pieces to add to your wardrobe they're definitely party pants definitely party pants and then she also has a mini skirt out at the moment in that similar fabric that again the lines are very clean she does work with end of stock fabrics so they there is a limited edition kind of vibe to the pieces that once that's gone she might reissue the silhouette but it'll be in a different fabric so I think that's also what makes it really special again this idea of slow fashion and having things that you're really excited to buy and keep in your wardrobe for years to come. As you said, super limited. She's working with dead stock or or material that's no longer being used by other designers or other companies. And she kind of has this soft spot for like 1960s London and Paris, which are, you can really see in the, particularly in the pant shape that she's going with. It's not very now, but it's very timeless. She also has always had this real fascination with print media and the idea of magazines and how kind of, I guess, the craft of print media um, that we, you know, are maybe losing a little bit more in 2023, but um, the timelessness, I guess, that sometimes a magazine can 
hold when you put an issue together that's really, you know, gorgeous and well-made. And she kind of calls each of her collections issues and plays into that narrative of storytelling. And I think even in her photography, you can tell it's it's kind of lo-fi, but it's still very polished and kind of has a 90s look to it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's, you know, something we're noticing across the board in fashion. But I think the way Lara's doing it is less overt than, you know, some of the other trending pieces that we've seen dare I say it, low-rise jeans and cargo pants. (laughs) With the fit of her pants, she's very specific about the fact they sit just below your belly button, kind of to a mid to high rise, not too high. Obviously, every human is different, every body's different, but I think in her mind that's kind of the most flattering place for them to sit to. Also, every piece in the collection kind of matches up like a puzzle, like the hold to top, it falls to the right hem to meet the pants. And I think she's very considered in that way that the pieces all work together. So you can kind of create a nice little story there. Or you can just dip in and out and have a really great pair of pants or a really cool sparkly miniskirt. I think that moonrise sparkle that she's got from the pants and also the miniskirt are just the standout pieces to me. If you want to check it out, it's at pantalonstore.com. And finally, we have a Melbourne brand called Onward. They're a smarter, chunkier platform sandal than perhaps the Birkenstocks or Tevas if you're wearing something like that at the moment. So designer Rob Maniscalco is behind Onward. And yeah, I think you're right. We've seen this kind of growth of quote unquote ugly shoes over the last few years. And that was, you know, Prada putting Birkenstocks on the runway. It was Balenciaga's dad sneakers. I think it's kind of like evolved beyond those pieces that the hiking kind of silhouette of, like you said, the Tiva or um, Sui Coke is a Japanese brand that does a similar Velcro piece. And onwards feel kind of like an elevated take on that, that particularly in the colors, the fact it does literally have a chunky sole, I think you could swap them out for a pair of heels instead of maybe feeling a bit more casual um, or even, you know, beachy when you're kind of in a slide. What's really fun about them is that the inspiration kind of comes from Australian landscapes and you can see that in the colour, you can see that in even the silhouette of the um, sole. It's not just a platform solid sole, it's kind of got some um, curves to it. They're, they're more attractive, let's say, than this ugly shoe trend that we've been seeing and I am one to partake in that ugly shoe trend. I love a practical flat that feels like something that could wear to the beach and can wear to the bar and I'm not buying more than one shoe to do that. Yeah, and I think it's that whole idea that like utility in our wardrobes, we want pieces that are really wearable, really usable. Um, I don't know, 10 years ago, I was buying the heels that I could barely walk in, but I sort of felt like I had to wear them because everyone was wearing them. And I'm the biggest fan of, yeah, wearing your Birkenstocks to the pub or (laughs) um, I think feeling comfortable is also, I think when you start to feel really stylish because you, you know, know that you're not going to be worried about whether you can walk in something, whether you can sit in something. And I think it's that utility in our wardrobes that we're all kind of craving at the moment, um, especially after a few years of wearing like too much loungewear. (laughs) You can find more details at onward.com and that's O-N-W-U-A-D.com. That's it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, tell your friends and leave us a review. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening now. You can find new episodes in your feed every Monday, Wednesday and Friday morning. Listener.